Hello, friends. I am Lynn McLaughlin. And I'm Karen Iverson Riggers. And this is Real, real by <laughs> Let's get real. Real emotions, real experiences. Join us to explore authenticity and how to get real with yourself and others. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Vibes. This is your host, Karen, along with my co-host, my person, my co-conspirator, <laughs> Lynn. We're so glad to be with you today. So, you know, lots of times when people are struggling, you know, somebody tells you, right, you need to go get help. You need to go get help. And sometimes that help can be really helpful. I mean, I think of providers or people I've connected with in my life who have been life-saving. But sometimes that help is not helpful. And there's a saying that we use in the peer movement that says it's not help if it's not helpful. Basically saying, right, like this idea that help really needs to be customized to who we are and what we want and what we need to really be helpful. So we use the saying so often in the work that we do, in the trainings that we do. It just came up in ECPR training in this past week in an experience that someone was sharing. It's just, it's so real and it's so real for what people are experiencing. So Lynn, when you hear it's not help, if it's not helpful, what comes to mind for you? I think of the incredibly human, and I want to emphasize oh so human response of, I want, I want to make it better. Um, and this is coming from the perspective of the helper. Uh, when someone is in pain, when someone is describing something that very often there's not an answer to, and we just want more than anything to come up with the best creative solution that's going to answer it because we don't want this person to hurt. And um, that's real. And recognizing, I also think of our incredibly dear friend who talks about um, all of the things that were shared with her in an attempt to help and how hurtful some of the things were because she was like, don't you think I've thought of a bazillion things to do? And none of them are working. And I really need you just to sit with me in that space of feeling helpless. And I think that's so true, especially when we look at the world around us, how helpless we all are. And Esther is not helpless, if you heard that. Um, she just wanted you to know that she's here. <laughs> Sounded like a yip, but it was more of a plane with her brother. Um so yeah, that, in fact, I was reading something about that, that feeling of helplessness when we hear about, you know, events happening on the other side of the world and, and things happening in our own country when we think about shootings and all of that. And there is such a visceral response to want to change it because we don't want people to be harmed and we don't want 
pain and terror and all of that. Um, and the reality is that's life and it sucks. And if we are in a position where someone is with us and asks for help, being willing to say, and what would that look like? Rather than here's my list of ideas and they will work because they worked for me and remembering that everybody's different, right? Well, and I think that's right. That's what a lot of our systems are set up as, right? This one size fits all kind Mm -hmm. of like help, this one size fits all help. And we are all really different and nuanced and unique individuals. And what I may want and need might look really different than what you want and need. So I love the the thoughtfulness and that thinking about asking the question, like, what does help look like for you? Because sometimes it looks different for me, right? Like I think about, I've got these three little, um, these three close friends from college, shout out to my fearless foursome. That's what we call ourselves. <laughs> and each of them, like each of them are very different. And I know going to each of them, I'm going to get something like really different. Like one of them is like, she is going to tell you your business. She's going to tell you what she thinks. She's going to tell you what to do. Right. And sometimes I want somebody to just like, you know, I've been swirling something around in my head and it's just going and going and going. And somebody from an outside perspective might see something really differently than I do, like mired in the muck. Right. And so sometimes that can be super helpful. I have another friend who like you call her and she will just like emote with you. She will just like be right in it with you and cry with you and feel with you and just like tell she tell you she loves you and you know, just the whole thing, right? And then my third friend is like super crunchy. They live off the grid in California. And she is just like, she be like like sees into your soul, right? And is this just kind of like spiritual centering person. Right. So it's amazing. I've got these three friends. I know what I'm going to get when I call them. And I think about times in my life that have been really difficult when I've leaned on them and how powerful it was having each and every one of them. Right. In those times. But just thinking about there are times when I wanted somebody to just really hear me and see me where I was just like, let me know that they see the pain that I'm in. And there are times where I wanted somebody to like, tell me what to do, (laughs) right? Sometimes we want that. But I think where it gets sticky is where, you know, somebody, somebody comes to us for support or help and we do to them, right? What we think we want, would want in that circumstance. And that may not be what the other person wants. Like you've heard of the golden rule before, it's like, <laughs> do unto others as you would have done unto you. Our, I go to the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship, and one of our ministers did this incredible sermon on the platinum rule, which is treat others as they'd like to be treated. And so I think about, you know, and I think about that, and I think about the, like, think about saying, you know, what does help look like for you? What do you need or want right now? And then, and then honoring that. And I think that is incredibly difficult when it's our children. (laughs) That was the best face ever. I wish you (laughs) listeners could have seen Karen's 
space because it was an extreme yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, we had uh, a conversation. I don't remember when it was about teens. Oh, on the radio yesterday about, and how do you, how do you support teens and what do you do with teens? And so often we're looking at them through our teen years and saying, this is what was helpful for me. And this is what worked for me. And this is what you need to do. When in reality, we're in a totally different space and time. They are a completely different individual. And using that, you know, and part of my, my, I know I didn't do this when Emma was a teenager. I was a really good listener, but I know I didn't do this. I had a lot of advice to give her. And part of me is like, I wish I could do that over, but I'm also, we do better when we know better. Um, so I do it more now. Um, but I think about how powerful that is to offer that to all people, all people, even, you know, teenagers, people in crisis, people who are using substances, people who um, are are having mental health challenges, people who are homeless. Like, can we stop assuming we know what their life should look like? and really listen to what would be most helpful to them in that moment and also recognizing it could change it could change tomorrow it might be completely different just as it would be for us oh yeah that this is like a good little like if you haven't listened to just like me our our podcast talking about that um this is a great place to apply the like just like me which is this idea that like, I don't really want people to give me unsolicited advice. Like, I don't want you necessarily to tell me what you think about my situation or about what's going on. And I think about this, like, particularly in like raising a neurodivergent child, right? Who's been diagnosed with autism and Quinn also like we're thinking there might be some ADHD involved as well, right? So, and I've had lots of well-meaning folks, you know, like give me all sorts of advice. And I'm like, I, okay, first of all, you think I haven't tried everything? Like, of course I have tried everything. Of course I have tried everything I could think of. And it's not really helpful for you to like, inject right what you think or if you would just or you know like just it it is um and and I think that and this happens all the time with parents right oh parents right whatever you're doing we feel like we're doing it wrong like somebody is telling us we're doing it wrong like your your style is attachment parenting and then you're called like maybe a helicopter parent and you're too much in your kid's life or like just we're we're constantly being told we're doing it wrong and and honoring how hard parenting is and how little answers they are like we we are parenting these very unique little beings right who as much as you know they might be part of us they're their own like autonomous little being right in the way that they see and experience the world And so 
sometimes this that advice giving and that like those shoulds that get layered on parents add to an already heavy load. And for me, this experience of, you know, parenting a kid who has more needs than my other kids is really challenging. And what's not helpful, right? What's not helpful is people, you know, well-meaning with best intention and a totally different impact, you know, telling me, well, this is what you should do or, you know, have you or... And again, I understand that comes with best intention, but I would really love if you like might ask me first, like, would you like to hear my thoughts? And then if I say no, (laughs) (laughs) if I say no, then please honor that and recognize like, it's not like a, it's not like a, you know, like, I don't want to, it's just like my system's already overloaded, right? Like navigating then like what I'm supposed to, you know, I should be doing is a whole, is a whole other thing. So I, I think I'm holding you parents, especially you parents that are parenting kids with extra needs, like just holding you close right now. Like I see you, right. I see how hard this is. And I see, I see too, like how, how hard you're working, right? How you hard you are working um, to try to meet all those extra needs. Like I see you. It makes me think of when you say we're either too much or not enough, and all of that middle piece, you know, either. And I'm thinking like asking the school for help or asking others for help, feeling like boy, I'm asking too much or other people judging you're not doing enough. And really just, I, I, I love everything you just shared and leaning into that self-compassion piece that we are enough and we're not too much. We're exactly enough muchness. Enough much. We're exactly enough (laughs) muchness. That's right. That's right. You know, this is also making me think when you were talking about that self-compassion piece of what we do to ourselves, Mm. it's not help if it's not helpful, (laughs) right? (laughs) Thinking about like, oh, maybe, maybe I can have a little compassion for myself and maybe I can do a little, for lack of a better word, inventory, like the things that I'm doing to, I'm going to put this in like quotation marks to help myself. Are those things helpful? Because maybe they are, and maybe they're not, right? Maybe mm-hmm. some of the things that I have that I've been doing for years that have been helpful are are no longer serving me, and that's okay. But I think we can ask that question of ourselves too. Like, it's not help if it's not helpful in the things that we're doing to support our needs. And so, whether that is like, I don't necessarily like classifying things in good habits or bad habits, but just like thinking just thinking about that, like, are these, are the things that I'm doing, like serving me, are they helpful for me? I got the most beautiful non-advice yesterday. (laughs) It was someone sharing something that is working for them. And 
it was the phrase, I don't have to want to do something to do it. And for whatever reason, I mean, I know this, you know, I know this and I know this has been shared with me a bazillion different ways that sometimes you have to push yourself through things when you're resisting. Um, and for whatever reason, it landed and I went, oh my God, you know what I need to do? And all this stuff came to mind of the things that I don't necessarily want to do, but I kind of do. But after doing them, I feel better. Um, and that was the most beautiful help that was helpful is she was sharing her own thing. And like I said, sometimes it just lands. And um, it's one of those relationships where, you know, it's, it's a peer relationship where it could be seen that I'm the helper and this person is the helpy. And I'll be damned. I learned and I love, number one, I love being able to say, you just helped me. Do you know how much? And I texted her this morning and was like, I need to say thank you again, because like, I'm killing it today. And it was just the way that these words landed. And I wasn't saying, will you help me? But it landed that way. Um and I think, you know, as we go through life and, you know, as you were saying, there may be things that we do that are no longer helpful that we have done in the past. And I think that happens day by day, uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know, because I know there was a period in time when all I did was push through stuff like that was my default and everything was pushed through, you know, um, and then recognizing the value of rest and slowing down and, and finding it's another one of those, all the gray in between the balance and knowing that that can change every day. So yeah, I had a non-helpful advice piece <laughs> yesterday. That was amazing. It was amazing. And like I said, sometimes that just happens where the words land and you're like, oh my God, what did you just say? And then they say it again and you're like, I don't know why I'm hearing that at the deepest level possible right now, but thank you. And I think that that so often happens from us hearing other people share vulnerably and authentically where they are, mm -hmm. right? I think about the number of times like where, you know, somebody has like shared something and I'm like, oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> and I feel less alone. And it's nothing that they have said to me, like specifically, right? Like this is like advice for you, or this is like what you should do or any of those kind of things, right? It's people sharing authentically and vulnerably, vulnerably about where they are and what their experiences are and the incredible, incredible power in right, sharing our stories. And so I think of how helpful helpful that has been when I think about people who have shared of their own lived experiences, their experiences with difficult things, their experiences of how, you know, the ways that they see the world, their experiences of how they got through. And I think of the incredible wisdom that's often shared and how powerful and helpful that is. And so in turn, 
right? From people doing that for me, I think about ways to do that, for me to do that, right? For me to share of myself, for me to share of my story, for me to share of my experiences, you know, with, without, it doesn't need any advice giving. I can just like share with you, here's what's real for me. And it was so powerful because had I gone to someone and said, man, I am just so unmotivated the last week and the unhelpful advice of you just need to push through it. I wouldn't have heard it. There's no way I would have heard it. I would have been like, well, obviously I can't push through if I'm not, you know, all of that would have happened. And in this instant, the answer came and how beautiful that was. And like I said, just if you don't want to do it, you can still do it. I mean, that was the phrase (laughs) and I'm going to put it up on my cabinet. Like it's so simple, but it was, I don't even know how to describe it. It was incredibly powerful. Fantastic. Because sometimes I can be like a little kid and I don't want (laughs) to. Yeah. So say we all. So say we all. Yeah. Yeah. So say we all. I mean, I talk to my kids all the time about like, I mean, I know you think adulting is great, but like, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but like, I don't get to do whatever I want. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if that's helpful or not. I've never asked them if that's helpful. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I don't not. know. Maybe it's, that's it's not. real. <laughs> yeah. It is real. It's real. But it is real. Yeah. We and, are. And it definitely, it applies to all facets of life too, you know, I think about there's so much like big picture stuff in my life that I'm on it, man, I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm on it. It's the trivial stuff that like throws me off. So yeah, it was such a beautiful moment. Such a grateful heart. So good. Yeah. So good. Well, friends, thank you for joining us for another episode of Real Vibes Only. It's not help if it's not helpful. So maybe think about ways that you can use your voice to tell people, right? Thank you. That's helpful. Or like, you know, I appreciate that you wanted to tell me what you're thinking. But what I'm looking for right now is just really somebody to listen. It's kind of a beautiful way to tell somebody to stop giving you advice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, As always, we would love to connect with you. Stop by a community living room. We have some virtual community living rooms coming up, including one for parents, specifically for parents. We would love to connect with you. You can come visit us at ebbandflowcooperative.com to check out all of our training, all of our upcoming events, or communitylivingroom.org to see dates and times and locations of upcoming community living rooms. So until then, keep it real, be real, be you. We see you, we see you. And we'll look forward to connecting with you next time. Take care.